Let us pray. God, we thank you for the gift of this day and the gift of these words of encouragement from uh, Mark and from Paul. May they nest in our hearts, planted like seeds. May they in the fullness of time grow and bear fruit 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. Amen. So this week, I was chatting with a colleague of mine who is a student at one of the United Church's uh, theological schools. This uh, colleague was chatting after class with one of their classmates, and the classmate was lamenting the ongoing decline of the United Church. We know that the United Church is declining 2 to 3% a year across the, the country. When I joined the United Church in 2008, we had just about 4,000 United Churches. Uh, today we have a little under 3,000 United Churches. Uh, and signs suggest that this trend will continue for some time. And we know this uh, uh, true uh, as well in our own way. And so their conversation was not, is that decline happening, but what are we going to do about it? And so my colleague uh, has hope that there is, God has, still has work for the United Church and that something uh, exciting and fresh and new is waiting for us if we're ready to embrace it and what the Holy Spirit is doing. But his classmate, not so much. His classmate thought that really what we just need to do is accept that decline and die well. And so they had this bit of discussion and uh, my colleague uh, pointed to a few different church where churches where interesting things are happening. They don't have it all figured out. It's not going back to the past because the past is the past. But we're trying to do new things uh, for their context and our time. One of my favorites is St. George's United in Courtney, B.C., served by the Reverend Ryan Slifka and the Reverend Ingrid Brown. And they're doing some uh, interesting and cool things. In particular, uh, Ingrid uh, leads something called Weird Church, which uh, I haven't had the chance to experience, but everything I see says that Weird Church looks to be a little weird, but quite fun. Uh, the, what had happened is a small town outside of Courtney, their United Church had closed. And so St. George's thought that they could continue to keep a Christian presence in that community in a different way than the traditional congregation. And thus, Weird Church was born. My colleague pointed to a few other churches around the country where interesting things are, are happening. And there was one example he offered of how the Holy Spirit was at work, not just in uh, big cities with lots of money, but also in small communities of faith in the prairies and rural places. And named two churches that have started doing some interesting things about how we can do church in new ways in a rural context. Nokomis United Church in Nokomis and Knox United Church in Lanigan. And so in the middle of what was for me a busy week, and on Monday it was apparently Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. How they know that, I don't know, but apparently we have made it through the most depressing day of the year. But on this busy week with cold and dark, hearing that was encouraging for me. And I believe, as I have said, that we need encouragement in our church right now. As I told you earlier, last fall we had a Bible study exploring what the United Church believes. And in the session on the Holy Spirit, we explored the gifts of the Spirit. And we tried to discern what gift is it that we need more of in our church. Gifts of the Spirit are always for the common good, always for building up the life of a community. Each of us is given different gifts, as we heard in our reading from Romans. Uh, like a body that has different parts that all need each other, so too 
Uh, the church is a place where different people bring different gifts and we all need each other. And so we prayed and reflected, and what emerged was that the gift of the Spirit that we might need now as a church is the gift of encouragement. And so I didn't know what to do with that. It's a good, it's a good nice moment, nice story. Uh, but I let that just plant in my heart like a seed and wait until it would grow. And so a few weeks ago, I was uh, attending a meeting online of the General Council Executive, joining with other leaders from across the United Church, and we were praying for the life of the United Church, again, from coast to coast to coast, of little United Churches uh, doing their best, and we prayed for uh, this United Church. And in the midst of that prayer, I received a word from the Spirit that now was the time to share this word of encouragement. And so I let that uh, emerge into this uh, series that we will have from now until the end of February, where we'll reflect and explore and pray for the Spirit to continue to give us the gift of encouragement. Now, we explored earlier what encouragement means in English, and the word encouragement we find in uh, the Bible is the Greek word parakaleo. It has two parts, para, which means beside, and we have all kinds of words in English that have that root para. There's the word parable, uh, if you like Bible stories. Uh, there's the word parasol, if you like uh, protecting yourself from the sun. Or the words parallelogram or parabola, if you like math. It's a very useful word, uh, para, and it gets translated as many different things in the Bible. Uh, and the other part of para, kaleo, so if para means beside, kaleo means call. And our word call comes directly from kaleo, to call. Uh, and so parakaleo means to call beside, which doesn't exactly at first make sense. And it's, that's why it's translated in so many different ways in our Bible. It means sometimes just to ask. It's about being close. Sometimes it also, though, means to comfort or to implore or to urge and, of course, to encourage. One name that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, the one who parakaleos, uh, the one who encourages, you might translate it. Often, paraclete, we translate as advocate or as comforter. Uh, and this parakaleo uh, means all of these things. Though I might say for us, we might translate the Holy Spirit then as the encourager. The paraclete is the encourager, the one who parakaleos, who encourages. And so as we ask for the Holy Spirit to give us the gift of encouragement, so too we can ask the Holy Spirit himself to be our encourager. And my hope today is to speak some encouraging words today about our church, building up our community of faith up in hope so that we'll all be in this together. No one left out, no one left behind. I hope to look for the best in our church and in each one of you and to do my best as one of your servants to bring it out. So when I started here, there was an item on the board agenda for several meetings, uh, and each meeting we said, well, 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 maybe we'll talk about this next meeting. And so my first meeting in September, we did that. Then my next meeting in November, we did that. Then my next meeting sometime in, in February or March, we did that. And so when June came around, I said, I chatted with Jeanette, the board chair, said, well, we keep on deferring this, this item. Can we talk about it? Uh, can anyone guess or remember what that item was? talking about the future. We kept on saying, well, well, we'll get to that. And there was important things to do in the meantime. There was, you know, a, a church to run and all of the important things. We got a little scared about this talking about the future. But then uh, something encouraged us 
And so in the spring of 2018, we started to talk about our future. And boy, did we ever talk. We had surveys. We had multiple town halls. We had a whole five-week teaching series, all talking about uh, our future. I have so much paper in my office uh, from this. We spent months. Every board meeting, we talked about it. Every council meeting, we talked about it. Uh, and so after seven or eight months, in the spring of 2019, we adopted a plan for our future. And we decided to call it a time to plant. There's a beautiful passage from Ecclesiastes that says that for everything there is a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. And so I believe, and I hope we believe, that now our church here is in a time to plant. We know there are reasons to be discouraged. Just as the United Church is declining 2 to 3% a year, uh, we experience the same challenge. As we talked about our future, we looked at some of our challenges. We looked at the 10 years leading up to 2017, the year that I uh, first started serving you. And if you extended that trend of membership out uh, forward as if it, nothing changed, then we would reach zero active members in 2032 here in Lanigan and Nokomis. That sounds scary. Uh, and we did it the same for the United Church of Canada. Uh, and the United Church of Canada reaches zero members in 2035 if you take the current trend and extrapolate it forward. Now, I know that can't be true because I fully intend on being here in 2035. Uh, so there will at least be one person in the United Church of Canada. Uh, but, but that's not what we believe will happen. We know that, yes, we have declined. And we know that, that there will still be churches that will close. And we know that the, we're not going back to uh, the way things were in the 60s and the baby boom where every Sunday school was bursting. We know that the world has changed and we're not trying to go back to the past. But I believe that there is a better vision for our future than zero people in 2032. And so in a time to plant, we chose this is our vision for the future. In the early 2020s, we are small but thriving communities of faith with a family-sized Sunday worship gathering and growing numbers of people exploring new ways of doing church. We are growing deeper in our faith and making a noticeable impact on our community and the world. We have simplified our structures so that we are living within our means, both with our money and our volunteers. Through the Holy Spirit, we are growing in Christ and bearing fruit in the world to the glory of God. That's the vision that we're hoping to achieve. Not to be big, huge churches like we once were, but, but to be small but thriving. It's all, there's hyphens, it's one phrase. Small but thriving, that's our goal. And that our Sunday worship, you know, will probably never be bursting at the seams again, but that we can have and take advantage of being a family-sized worship gathering where we know each other and where we can care for each other, where we look out for one another. And so to frame and support our story, if our, if our strategy was called a time to plant, then the Bible story that goes along with it, we chose a good agricultural one, fitting for uh, rural churches, and that's the parable of the sower that we heard today from Mark. So the sower goes out sowing, and they scatter seed willy-nilly, because apparently input costs aren't a big concern for this sower. Uh, and so some of the seed they sow falls on the road. That's not a good place for seed to be planted, so the birds come and eat it all up, because birds need food too. Some of it falls in rocky places where there's not deep soil. And so the plants burst up, but then when the sun comes, they dry up the plants because they don't have deep roots. 
Some of it uh, falls in places, and this sower, you know, just as they don't seem to care about input costs, they don't seem to weed. So it falls amongst the weeds, and the weeds crowd it out. But some of the seed falls into soil, into good soil, and it grows, and it uh, bears fruit and multiplies 30 times, 60 times, 100 times. And especially for the agricultural practices of Jesus' day, that would be a miraculous harvest. And so that's the story that we use to frame and understand what we're doing right now. We're in a time of sowing, a time to plant. And that means that we're trying different things. We're doing experiments. We're taking risks, uh, knowing that not everything will work. And that's okay. And so uh, in the last part of 2019, we had four different experiments with new ways of doing church. We had church at the lake. where we, If everyone's at the lake in the summer, well, let's go to them. So we went, we had a nice potluck, we had a beautiful, lovely day by Last Mountain Lake, and we had church there, where the people were, rather than trying to get them to come out of town and into here. <coughs> then in the fall, or in, the, in August and September, we had picnic church, where we had a nice time outside uh, in the park just down Bond Street, uh, and we uh, enjoyed Bible stories and songs uh, and fellowship. We've had a service of evening prayer that we call soft light, where we gather for quiet reflection and meditation. And we had Christmas family time in both Nokomis and Lanigan, where we had a messy church with crafts and cookies and good fun uh, as a way of trying to connect better with uh, the families in our community. And over the course of 2019, from just July to December, with these four experiments, we had more than 200 people attend a different way of doing church, a new way of doing church. And so I have been so encouraged uh, by those experiments, by connecting with children, playing hide and seek in these pews uh, with some of the kids who had Christmas family time here. Also seeing people who, old friends of our church, uh, but people we don't see as often because it can be hard to get out of bed and out, of, out in the snow to make it to church uh, on Sunday morning, and so sometimes a service later in the day or on a different day works better. And so seeing some of those old friends, as well as reaching people uh, who perhaps once were part of our church family, but who we haven't seen very much of in a number of years, or people who uh, might think of themselves as Christian, but who none of the churches in Lanigan uh, truly reach or serve, seeing some of those people as well. We also have been sharing our sermons as podcasts, uh, beginning in the fall of 2018. So over the course of 2019, we had more than 600 listens to our sermons on podcast. About a third of those are in the communities of Lanigan, Nokomis, and surrounding area. About a third are elsewhere in Saskatchewan, people we probably have connections with, friends of our, of our churches. And about a third are in completely random places. Rural Massachusetts, Japan, Sweden, uh, Toronto, Montreal. I don't know how they have found us, but there are people all over the world, who every once in a while will stop in and check in and listen a little bit to what we're up to. And so if you think of all of these new ways of doing church, in 2019, about one in three uh, times where somebody connected with our church, it was in a new way of doing church. And that encourages me. And like we heard in the parable of the sower, sometimes seed falls in places where it doesn't really work. And that's okay. We've had to take some risks. We had to do things not knowing how they would turn out. And so that's what really encourages me the most, is the people who had the courage uh, to do that first thing without knowing what would happen, 
The person who put the deposit on the space for Church at the Lake, not knowing if anyone would turn up, but paying uh, that money so that we could have a service there. All the people who made sandwiches and Rice Krispies and a juice for Picnic Church before we knew if there would be anyone at the picnic. That takes courage. I mean, the risk is some sandwiches go bad, but that still takes courage. Or the people setting up chairs and lighting candles for soft light, having no idea if anyone would turn up for an, an evening prayer service. Or the people baking cookies or preparing crafts for Christmas family time, having no idea what would happen. That's what encourages me most, is not just the things that worked, but our willingness to try things not knowing whether they would work or whether they would not. Scattering seeds not knowing where they would land. That's what encourages me most about 2019 in our church. And so, yes, some things have worked great, and that's great. Some things haven't quite worked, and that's great too. We've learned along the way, we've been bold, we've taken risks, and we've gone on this adventure together. That's what encourages me that there will be a future for the people of God of Knox United Church is our willingness to take some risks, to make mistakes, to learn and to have fun along the way. And the future might look very different than today or than the past, but I'm encouraged that if we continue to try new things, to learn along the way and have some fun, the Holy Spirit will continue to work amongst us, encouraging us as we go. And so to quote from Paul from our theme scripture for this series, I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. Amen.